scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between uh, throwing it down as we pick up the pieces of following one of the worst football games in the history of the National Football League. Don't be fooled by the fact that there were 65 points put up on the board as we broke down at level one with Teddy Covers. The fact of the matter is there's something up going on right now in the National Football League. There's a long list of reasons why these games continuously are just shooting over the number, uh, but they are. 37-28, the final score. The Denver Broncos have won their first uh, football game of the year. Uh, and we cash, amazingly enough. I feel like we won our first bet uh, of the year uh, as well. As uh, You know what? Uh, the Broncos uh, get it done. The game sails over the number. And it wasn't the only game that went over the number uh, this evening. Uh, San Diego and St. Louis, they actually put up 20 20 runs uh, this evening, a marathon of a baseball game uh, that went on all day long and all night long, uh, seemingly. But when it's all said and done, San Diego survives. San Diego advanced, and San Diego showed a hell of a lot uh, in this uh, series against uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Put it this way, they showed more than the Cincinnati Reds, who managed to play 23 uh, innings of baseball. <laughs> uh, or is it 22? Uh, 22. 13, 9, 22 innings of baseball. And it's not like the Braves lit it up either. Uh, two baseball games, final score, 6 nothing. Uh, Reds get into the playoffs, and they don't uh, score a run. Thanks for coming. Uh, thank, thanks for nothing. All right, the, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, step up and, and, and get it done uh, this evening. The Claw, Clayton Kershaw, uh, rolls the Milwaukee Brewers. Dodgers make uh, short work uh, of the Brew crew in their mini-series. Uh, 3 nothing. final score. Dodgers cover on the run line. We cast that. As well, hallelujah, it's a miracle, as our baseball picks have been uh, rockier than a New York Jet game plan, all right? You'd think that Adam Gase is making my picks this week on the Diamond. It's crazy, because we had a great baseball uh, betting season as well. The wheels have fallen off, uh, but nobody likes a quitter. We keep grinding. Paul Bovey steps up and in. Covers.com in the house. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Renzi. We're in a yeah. level two uh, here. Craziness, man. Um, listen, Shams uh, Sharania has been on fire throughout the entire NBA uh, bubble as far as breaking news. Woj bomb. Listen, Woj is great. But uh, I tell you what, um, uh, Shams has just been uh, all over 
this stuff as he had, you know, Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers uh, coaching agreement earlier in the day. Uh, but uh, breaking news in the late night hours, broken. I, I, I don't know. I see he was the first one with it uh, b- before the, the news outlets. Uh, but President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have both tested positive for coronavirus. And uh, it's been confirmed. Uh, Donald Trump has confirmed it himself. He's begun the quarantine uh, process. Mainstream media outlets are now running with it. Uh, so so uh, late night breaking news, uh, President Trump and the First Lady Melania test positive for coronavirus. Let's bring in uh, Paul Bovey uh, right now that steps up and in. A little uh, breaking news in the late night hours, Paul. My man, Bovey. What's up, Bovey? How you doing, Paul? That's that's the way my night's been going, Gabe. I, I had the second half. I just needed uh, no touchdown by the Broncos. Just get the field goal, and then Melvin Gordon runs in. And then I tried to bet Biden actually like three and a half hours ago, and I got distracted, of course. And now with this breaking news, I'm sure it's going to be off the board. So uh, I'm plumb out of luck. <laughs> I love how I bring up coronavirus. And first thing, you're like, that's just my luck. Right away, you're like into the football bet prop. Just my luck. And then into the trying to get into Biden. Listen, I saw Biden, and it's funny because, you know, we generally stay away from politics. Um, It just doesn't go anywhere, right? It just angers everybody. It angers me because people say stupid things, and then I just start hating everybody. Uh, But it's funny. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're having a night and, you know, God bless our crew in Manhattan. They're doing their, you know, they're doing a great job. They're doing their best. There's bullets flying around literally and freely everywhere. But I'm melting down. And I'm like, I don't know, man. These guys, do the bosses have some sort of pipeline to, like, what I'm saying here? Because I'm flipping out. And I'm all pissed off. I'm like, I was literally sitting here thinking about, like, sending angry emails to people. I'm like, all right, I'm about to fire off an angry email. Then my phone rings. And I look, it's like, oh God, it's one of the one of the one of the bosses here. And I'm like, oh God, well, this guy got like his ears burning or something. And uh, and he goes, Hey, listen, Trump's got coronavirus. You got you, you got to break the news here. And I'm thinking, don't you guys like generally like staying away from things like this? <laughs> but it is big news. And you know, we, we gotta let you know. Uh, so and, and listen, it's hit the NFL, right? We got an NFL cancellation this week, uh, uh, Paul as well. So we'll see where this is going right now, but what, what, how will this, if what, what kind of impact do you think it has on the on the election right now? With this, I mean, no debate now. You know, they can't have a debate. He's he's got coronavirus. Biden's old. He can't get it. He's you know you know what I'm saying. So I imagine the debates, Paul. But does it hurt? Help Trump? You so you're saying you wanted to slam Biden when you heard this? So. Uh, you think it's my deal with I think Biden's going to win. My deal is, though, I can't bet it, Paul, because I think this thing's going to get tied up in the courts forever, bro. I don't think it's like uh, it's going to get decided that night. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, this could be like 2000. If you remember that that stretched into January with the ballots and the paper didn't come out of the back end, Florida. The chats. But <laughs> I think Trump, I I think Trump really needs this next debate 
for a little bit of damage control. And I won't go into politics. We shouldn't go there as a sports show. No, but, just from uh, a handicapping perspective. At this exactly. point, from a, yeah, from a handicapping perspective, I, I think that Biden at 157 was the best number I saw him a few hours ago was uh, had value. Let's put it that way. All right, Paul Bovey, uh kicking it with us. So, uh, Paul, tonight, man, it was one of those nights, and I've had a bad couple of days with the baseball, okay? I did have the Dodgers on the run line tonight, uh, so that's good. But I had a bad, I've had a bad couple of days with the baseball. My football picks have been solid this year. Um, like Paul knows, Marenzi knows football, as uh, Paul knows uh, basketball and football as well. <laughs> Bovey knows sports. Uh, but football has been good. But So I was on the Broncos tonight. And, you know, I was pretty ballsy about it, Paul. When the Jets took that 7 nothing lead, I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I'm taking them again. I'm taking the Broncos plus 3.5 because I think the Jets are that bad. I really, like, believe. I'm like, the Jets are that bad. I don't care. what. The, I'm jumping in again here. So, but I had Melvin Gordon. I know you're a big prop better. And I brought this up. Like, when you have a wide receiver, bro, and you got over 3.5, let's say over 4.5 catches, like Crowder tonight, he gets the 5 catches. He's at 5 catches. You win your bet. Running back's the worst, Paul. And Melvin Gordon over 65 and a half rush yards, Paul. And he gets to 65. He's stuck there. He falls on his head after he tries to hurdle someone. I think he's out of the game at 67. And I'm like, all right, good. Even if he's not coming in a game, it's better. He won't be able to lose any yards. He comes in, he loses three yards. So he goes back to 64. I'm like, you can't make this up. Then they don't give it to him again for a little while. It was such a weird game. Then, Paul, he gets to 67 again. And then he loses four yards again. <laughs> he kept, and then he went over the number twice and then went backwards twice, Paul. And listen, bro, I've had one of these weeks tonight. I got stuck in an elevator tonight earlier. I've got a problem with Uber Eats. Like, I could go on here, all right? We had video issues earlier tonight. I could go on. I'm about to snap, man. So I was really about to lose it, Paul. And then he broke that late run. Uh, he broke the big run late there, actually. And so it sailed over the number. but. Hey, 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 it is what it is, but me and Teddy Covers were talking earlier, Paul. What do you think of, like, so the scoring is up. All right, there's no fans. Okay, hard counts, offense, communication, injuries, bad tackling. And as well, me and Teddy both believe that the league is aiding and abetting this. They want points. They don't want their ratings to suck. They're concerned about ratings. Everybody is now. And they want entertainment. They think people want to see points. They're not calling holding penalties. They're calling pass interference all the time. What do you make of all this scoring in the league, Paul? Well, I I do believe that Americans, we embellish scoring. That's one of the reasons why we don't like soccer. It's not one of our favorite sports. I, I don't know that I put too much credence in that because I really don't think the NFL had to drive their popularity by generating a few more points. But you make a good point about the holding penalties because it looks like they have been suppressed somewhat this year. I, I don't think that, that that theory to me is uh, up for debate. I'm not a believer in it. I, I just don't think they need to score a few more points a game to ramp up ratings uh, at, at this point. Yeah. The average score right now is, I think, 50.3 per game. But, Gabe, by the end of the year, this will regress to the mean. It'll be right around 50-50, either by way of 
diminish scoring or by uh, just pumping up the numbers a little bit. I remember we had this conversation last week, but the scoring continues, man. Like, I never win when I bet unders. And, you know, I took a piece of this game, tease to the under tonight. It just opens up. You get bad teams. Uh, floodgates open. You know, like T- Teddy said, we're waiting for that sort of, you know there's going to be a week where it's going to be like, you know, 13-3 and three to the under, right? But I don't know if it's this week. I mean, you got Miami and Seattle should be points there. Um, you know, Cleveland and Dallas should be a track meet there as well, uh, Paul. Like there's, you know, I, there's a couple of football games that there should be some points. But I know we're taking a break in a couple of uh, seconds uh, here. Show just flying by uh, tonight. But we got more Paul Bovey on the other side. We'll get into the NBA Finals as well. But we'll see who Paul, what Paul thinks about the NFL this uh, this weekend. Find Paul over at Covers.com now. Breaking news in the late night hours. The New York Jets suck. Donald Trump and Melania Trump have COVID, yet, I don't know, Melania is also on tape saying Christmas is for losers, too. So, what a crazy night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Bye, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Portrait late night continues. Breaking news in the late night hours. President Trump and uh, First Lady Melania uh, test positive uh, for coronavirus. And been quite a wild ride, man. This this debate the other night, the election uh, coming up, and uh, just for the record as well, um, there's there's tapes, there's tapes that were released uh, this evening as well of Melania. Um, it's not good. We'll just put it that way. All right, like it's not good. In which she uh, she mocks uh, she she basically she mocks Christmas. She uh, she started laughing about going on Fox News. She said, as if I'd go on Fox News. She started like, she, not good. Like, like it, it's like, basically, it's like one of those deals. Like, you're ripping your friends and it's on tape. Uh, she got caught like, like, she made it, it was bad. So, it was a crazy night. And Bobby's talking about, like, the odds and stuff. I saw it at minus 160 the other day. I think it could be off the board uh, right now in a lot of spots. Um, so we got Paul Bovey kicking it uh, with us uh, right now. Uh, NFL football uh, this weekend, um, uh, Paul. So we're talking about the points. I want to get into the NBA with you, and time always flies, so we don't have all night. Uh, but so I'll just sort of give you the floor here. What are you looking at uh, this week in the NFL? Okay, before I go into uh, what I like this week, I got to tell you a running back story since you threw in Melvin Gordon. So the other night, I'm going to bet Hilaire Edwards over Edwards Hilaire, whatever it is. And it's 63 and a half minus 18 or 64 and a half plus 110. Now, what would you take, Gabe? Would you go 63 and a half minus 18 or 64 and a half plus 110? Uh, I would go for the plus 110. 
All right. Because okay. I'm greedy. Would you believe it ended at 64? Would you believe it ended at 64? Did you go for the plus 110? Okay. I went for the plus 110. <laughs> I mean, you're effectively paying what, 20, 20. I mean, you can't make that up, Gabe. And I understand losing yardage because I had that last year with the Chargers and Chiefs and Damian Williams, and I got a congratulatory text. Next play, he loses three yards. I lose it. So, anyway, onward. Uh, but, you know, these running backs, I don't think it's safe unless they go over by, like, five or six yards. And in college, if a quarterback takes a yeah. loss, it comes off his rushing quarter. So, that's another one. But, anyway, on to the NFL for this week. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that, a lot of these games I find absolutely impossible to play. My game is to scout numbers on Sunday night. And I got some good ones. I got the Dolphins plus seven. Best one, I got Jacksonville and Cincinnati over 44 on a buy down at, I think, 115. And then a buy down at 124, uh, which is up at 49 now. But as you get on in the week, you have so many injuries. The depth of injuries for these teams is just incredible. You look at this Eagle-Niner game, for example. You've got seven or eight guys on the Eagles, including virtually their entire wide receiving core, that's questionable. It's almost impossible to play the game uh, until you have full disclosure with respect to who's going to play and who's not going to play. Paul Bovey uh, kicking it uh, with us. Um, so I look at these these games uh, this week uh, too, Paul, and I'm I'm confused in which I'm like, man, it's a tough board uh, this week. You know, across across the board, a lot lot of tricky spots. I like your style with um, with the Miami Dolphins uh, coming out of the gate here. We were talking about that game uh, earlier. Me and Teddy talked about that Buffalo. And the Raiders game, and that that's a tough spot. I mean, a Buffalo do uh, for for the downfall. And listen, last year you hammered the Buffalo Bills to the tune of I know that five plus times, if not more, on the Bills uh, win totals. This year I thought the win total was low again, but the schedule did put me off. I know the schedule gets tougher, but they're really you know their offense is killing it right now. And this should be a massive win for them to get to four and zero, Paul, as opposed to three and one. Well, Gabe, I'm on him for the division at plus money, and I've got him over eight on a buy down. So I feel pretty good about uh, things at, at three and zero. Oh, even though the schedule gets a little tougher, and I do think they'll get one of those two games from New England, as they should have got last year, at least one of those two games, if not for some untimely turnovers by Josh Allen, who is taking a lot better care of the football. But I will tell you this. On the other side of the ball, uh, Oakland's quarterback this year is real. I think Carr's having a much more productive year, and he has some issues now with his receivers. Uh, Ruggs is going to be out. Brian Edwards is also hurt. But he's going to get the ball to his backs, uh, Jacobs uh, should be able to run the ball against Buffalo. The Rams had some success. It's tough to play this at, at 52 now, only because the number opened up at 49 and a half, and I did get some at 50. 
But this is the case where these unders are going to probably start hitting uh, more often than not because these totals are being bid up, and they'll get bid up to levels where just like the Ravens game the other night, it will not uh, hurdle the closer. And and that's what you're going to see. A bunch of yeah, and, and I, earlier in the week, it, it, it was, I think, 51, 52. I mean, how do you play this Jacksonville-Cincinnati game over knowing that it uh, came out at 44, 44 and a half? Yeah, uh, that feels like a trap, that one. you got to ask yourself, where was it? What about the Dallas-Cleveland? It feels like a trap, that one. The Cincinnati-Jacksonville game, I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't go over. That one, but what about the Cleveland Dallas game? It's a high number, but we see Dallas, they can't stop anybody. I mean, every every Dallas game is just a trap. Well, not every the, the game against the Rams wasn't, but their last two. So the Falcon game was, the Seahawks game was. Now you get Cleveland coming in here. Cleveland are averaging 25 points a game, yet they only scored six in the first game. So the last two weeks, their offense starting to get going a bit. Odell Beckham should light these guys up, Paul. Yeah, but we, we know the offense that, that Cleveland is going to thrive under. It's This is not a Baker-Mayfield-driven offense at this point. It's driven by their running backs. And they want to keep Dallas off the field. Cleveland does have a few injuries. And, of course, Dallas has some injuries, notably in the secondary. Uh, but I would say that Cleveland does not want to get into a shootout with the Dallas Cowboys because eventually, along the way, Baker Mayfield is going to regress and be Baker Mayfield and throw in a deception or two. Dak Prescott may do the same thing, but I think it's more of a, a certainty with, with Baker Mayfield that he will make a mistake. Keep the ball on the ground, shorten the game, exploit Dallas's run uh, defense, which has not been sound, uh, their defense has not been sound overall, and and that's the way Cleveland's going to play it. Uh, it. I was on the uh, over last week with uh, Seattle and Dallas. I thought even at 56, it was going to scare a few people away. It didn't scare me away, and they, they got it with relative ease. But I think if this one does go over, it's not going to be by much. Paul Bovey kicking it uh, with us. Man, time just flies on this show. Quickest 120 minutes uh, in uh, sports. We've got to figure out what's the, the best night for you, uh, Paul. You're a busy man. I know you wake up. You wake up uh, uh, You you wake up uh, earlier than, like, uh, David Lee Roth. I know David Lee Roth wakes up and goes, like, jogging at, like, 5 a.m. every morning. So, like, uh, Preakness this week, too, Paul. Yeah, we got to <laughs> well, figure, okay. figure out what's a good night for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Thursday, I like Thursdays because the week's coming up, but maybe Mondays or whatever. I know you wake up uh, early a couple of times a week. <laughs> yeah, well, you if you give me just a, a day's notice, I'm good, Gabe. Uh, anything for you, my man. You, I've been with you a long time. You're a great guy, and I love being on your show. We appreciate that. Uh, same to you. We uh, we do appreciate your time as well, Paul. All right, so uh, NBA Finals. Um, Miami Heat real beat up. Well, you know, the Dr. David Chow, we had him on the show earlier tonight. And uh, longtime Chargers doctor. He's the football doc, but I said you're the basketball doc tonight, doc, because I got to ask you about, like, uh, the Bama. I, I don't expect Dragic back. 
Um, you know, but as far as Bam is concerned, you know, wh- how long is this? What's the deal with this? He said it's like a, a pain threshold situation. That it's not like an it's not like um it's not like an injury type thing. It's a pain thing. So he's not gonna make it worse, or it's not like you know, it's like his knee is like hanging on by a thread or something like that. It's basically he can't move his neck around and he's got a neck sprain, but it's a pain threshold thing. I don't know if it matters. He seemed kind of overwhelmed. Like it just seemed like the primetime lights, bro, just were too much for them. You know, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were good uh, and throughout the playoffs, but they seemed overwhelmed, careless with the ball. The shooting, one thing one thing I noticed too, uh, Paul, we're going to a break in. We'll hit this on the other side, but I don't know what it was, but every one of Miami's shots were short. Like all night, they were hitting the front of the rim. It was like, guys, it's game one. Are you this tired already? Like what's going on? Like are you out of gas? Like, like I don't know. There was There was a lot to it there. And, you know, it was almost like, you know, they were out by 13 and it didn't matter. I brought this up earlier today on Twitter to, to do, uh, guys, is that um, people don't remember this, but it was like 26-13, 13-point lead. LeBron's on the bench and could have gone away from him a little bit. Caldwell Pope hit two threes in a row, took it to the rack once, kept them in the game. It was a big swing. All right, more Bobby on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Late night. Continues. Paul Boldly uh, kicking it with us uh, right now. Talking NBA uh, finals. And it has a, a finality, a finality to it, or does it? Uh, Teddy Covers brought up the shrug against uh, the Portland Trailblazers years ago. <laughs> right? The, the famous shrug. And it was like, you know, it was like early in the series game one. He said Portland came back and won game two. I was really disappointed in Miami. And I totally get, you know, you're going to lose a basketball game. It happens, you know, whatever. Like, the Lakers are a damn good basketball team. And they raised it up a notch. Their their veteran experience really came into play. we got to give them credit for that. But, Paul, as I stated, like, early in the game, they were up 26-13. LeBron was on the bench. The Lakers were kind of sleepwalking. And... You know, like I said, Caldwell Pope kept hitting shots and getting him back in the game. Spolstra just sort of sat back and let it happen. Like, you could see it unraveling. And and another thing is, I get that everyone can't play 48 minutes a game, but, you know, if you're up by 13 and they wrestle LeBron and stuff, don't you just think, you know what, let's go for the kill here, man. Let's try to get up by, like, 23 or something and try to bury them. And they didn't. They didn't. They were casual uh, with the basketball, I just, you know, I I got, I, I, I respect the hell out of Eric Spolster. I think he's a great coach, but I thought he did a bad job reining it in early. You could tell the wheels were falling off, Paul. Yeah, you could tell it was slipping away for sure. But, you know, let's look at the first six, seven minutes of the game. 
I thought the Miami Heat, and I think a lot of people did, and the book certainly did, because the live line, I saw it as high as 155 in favor of the Heat. That ball was moving seamlessly. It was not touching the floor. The Heat looked like the better team for the first six minutes. And then, as you said, what happened? KCP and a a barrage of three-point shots. And the Lakers uh, go from, what, 10, 12 points at the six, seven-minute mark of the first uh, a quarter and end up pouring, in, pouring it on for the next uh, 18 minutes, 19 minutes, and uh, just opened up this, this lead at halftime. It, it, it was a case of the Lakers uh, just 11-17 um, from beyond the arc, they finished out 4-21, 15-38 overall, and I think they just took the wind out of the heat sails with that barrage of shooting. It was just uh, an incredible performance, but you're always going to get that regression to the mean. I, I thought the heat uh, played well at the start, and, and, and they just uh, were overcome by uh, incredible shooting. Yeah, well- if they were, if Bam was playing, and we don't know for sure that he isn't, um, but he's not going to be 100%. Like, Paul, you attracted to the nine and a half, nine and a half here. Uh, is it just too many points? What do you make of the spread right now? Bam, I believe he missed one regular season game this year. So there's, there's just too many question marks. I think you'll get a good sense if the Heat can... Uh, competing here and i think what they have to do is force the lakers somehow play every big guy they have is myos Leonard even on the team anymore because the guy never gets any minutes he hasn't seen minutes since the milwaukee series but you get every big yeah you get uh like ml car you gotta you gotta get every guy on the court every big and force the lakers to shoot from outside and hope that they're cold, just like they were after that hot start in which they finished up 421. That's their That's best shot. Point. They got to fight through screens and they can't get beat at the rim. It's a great point that you raised because look, um, the the zone uh, the 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 zone that Spolster was rolling out against Boston worked, and I think his thought process was coming in that. The Lakers aren't a good outside shooting team. Our, we'll have a, you know, this is going to work. We, I like this theory here that will force them to shoot threes. Dude, they hit their threes, Paul. I mean, dude, they had 11 threes in the first half, I believe, right? At, at, earlier in the first half, even. Because they were like, yeah, the Lakers, you know, don't even hit this many threes in a game normally. And it was one of those anomalies where the Lakers were draining threes. And it's a lot like Syracuse, Paul. I don't have to tell you, you know, basketball as well as anybody. Right? I mean, the whole zone, the way to beat the zone is to shoot over it. And if you can hit threes, you can crush the zone. <laughs> and so Spolster, like, didn't really adjust. And it was like, boom, Lakers were raining threes. Like I said, Caldwell Pope ain't going to get any pub for this. Uh, I saw what he did. Like I said, it was big at the time. They, they, the heat were up. They were confident. And then they kept, they were leaving him open. And he was hitting the shots from the corner. He hit two in a row from the corner. He got to the free throw line, I believe. I remember there was a layup slash dunk or whatever. He was like a mini, like, monster, and they let it happen. But the Lakers raised it up a notch. They they just did. It's a tough game. 
And look, I got burnt on the over, Paul. I went over the 217 and a half. We get to 214, despite the ineptness of the Miami Heat. I was frustrated by that. Yeah, that, that was rough, Gabe. But you, if you take this Laker team and they shoot 40% from beyond the arc in 25 or 27 from the free throw line, they're going to win 98% of their games. Uh, but as you said, they are deficient in terms of three-point shooting. I shouldn't say deficient. They are wildly inconsistent. And that's the only thing you can hope for. The Heat have great ball movement. Now, I don't know if Bam's going to play, and uh, that's the big question mark because they really do need his toughness. The funny thing is, so I have the Laker team total on the 57 and a half uh, the other night, and I have Bam under 16 and a half points. Bam gets out of the gate six quick points. I say, oh, no way I'm going to win this. And then the Heat are laboring with 12 points seven minutes into the game. And I say, oh, this is going to be easy. And, of course, they flip-flop, and I win Bam pretty easy, and the Lakers just blow the number out. So you just never know with these props. But that's where the value will be. Uh, because the line, there'll be such a lineup uh, uh, alteration, there will be some value in the props if, if you have a good uh, sense of how the Heat are going to play the game. That's a great point that you raised. I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know what, we hit we hit a LeBron James um, prop. Well, we hit we hit a couple of props in the basketball game, but our props actually did well. We lost to Bam. We went Bam over 30-and-a-half rebounds, points, and assists. But Jimmy Butler went over the 20-and-a-half. Uh, Anthony Davis went over his 27-and-a-half points scored. Uh, LeBron James went over the 8-and-a-half assists, and I'm assuming they're probably going to make it 9-and-a-half, right? And let's see right now. We got some early numbers uh, here. Uh, LeBron James assists, yeah, nine and a half. It's often been eight and a half with juice, like minus 140 or something like that. And you know, I wanted to bring this up. I'm glad you brought it up because you look at LeBron James and look, Paul, the game was a freaking blowout, man. You know, it was a rout. And LeBron was still on the court late in that game. He could he could check out, he could check himself out, right? He doesn't. And they keep talking about all those stats. Oh, he could be the point all-time NBA Finals points leader. He could be the NBA point by the, the Finals assist leader. And you heard Reggie, oh, well, you know, if he's the all-time, then you got to start talking about him with Jordan here. You know and I know, bro. You know, as great as LeBron is, man, the guy is a stat whore, all right, for lack of a better term. And I say it respectfully because you bet on a prop, you know the guy's going to be on the floor. But I noticed this. He cares about these NBA final stats, bro. He's not on the floor because he's worried about them blowing a 26-point lead. He's on the floor because he wants to pad his stats late in these games, which is something I'm going to consider when I'm betting on the props here. Because if the game's close, LeBron's on the floor. If it's a blowout, it seems like he wants to be on the floor, Paul. I I, I couldn't agree more. Look, I'm not a LeBron fan, and, and I, I don't want to go into my disdain for the guy and how he handles himself and how he throws teammates and coaches and owners and uh, under the bus. But I, I will just say that, yes, I think he wants to rack up statistics, but in defense of LeBron, so does every other NBA player or uh, oh, most sport, uh, sports figures. Well, how can yeah, you criticize someone for wanting to be the best? Right. You know, but at least we know. Yeah, the stat doesn't, but he didn't even hide it. Yeah, I am pissed off I didn't win the MVP. 
at least he's honest about it, to be real. That's that's true. Um, do you think he deserved more consideration for the MVP? Yes. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest LeBron guy either, but I'm I gotta recognize like see like that's the thing with a lot of people like within the political world now. There's not like there's there's just facts, right? So <laughs> you know, there's opinions on some things. Fine. Opinions can be debated, facts cannot be uh, debated and you know, like LeBron, you know, LeBron is just that good. I mean, it's not a coincidence he's been to the finals 10 times. So, yeah, I think he's been underlooked. But I don't think he should care, though. You know, another thing. I told the story when LeBron, you know, was all mad. There was a guy, I don't know, there might have been Collins on the Patriots. And he told the story about how Tom Brady toughened him up. And basically, they announced the Pro Bowl. And he was having a great year. He didn't make the Pro Bowl. And he was pissed. And basically, he was so mad, he started crying. He was at his locker crying in the Patriots' room. And, like, he like he hit something, and he started crying. He was like, this is whatever. He started flipping out. And Brady went over to him and said, yo, man. He said, you think I give a crap that Aaron Rodgers wins the MVPs? He goes, we play for rings in this room. We don't play for trophies and Pro Bowls. And Brady said to him, he goes, I don't even go to the Pro Bowl. He goes, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. We don't even go to the Pro Bowl anyways. And... <laughs> And then he said, wow, it was a big wake-up call about, like, the culture, right? It's a different mentality, but you're right. Like, basketball is a me-me sport, and these guys do care about it. Look at Michael Jordan, bro. Like, we can't criticize LeBron for worrying about it. When you saw the last dance and how petty Michael Jordan is about every little record, stat, comment, and everything, Paul. Yeah, um, have you ever noticed that some NBA Players when they are faced with taking a 80-foot shot at the end of a quarter or a half will wait for the buzzer to sound because they don't want it to affect their shooting percentages. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going on, and it's definitely a me-me world when it comes to the NBA and, and plenty of other sports too, but I think it's more concentrated in the NBA. And Le- LeBron is the me-me guy. He may represent One otherwise... Thing- but he definitely had his stats. One thing I will agree, and I saw you on Twitter the other night, and I do agree 100%. I've been saying this. We got we got a regular guest, Pete Annapolis, great guy, uh, longtime basketball lifer, um, you know, assistant coach and stuff. And he said, when's the last time LeBron ever fouled out of a game? He goes, you can see a game, and when everybody else on the court all is fouled out or has five fouls, it's a physical game, LeBron's got one foul. And, and as you stated, LeBron can punch you in the face, bro, and he'll argue with the ref after. Like, he'll he'll do his shock look, like, surprised. And I think he's actually, like, not even hiding it that he's surprised. What, you're calling this on me? I, I don't know. You cannot allowed to call fouls on me. I'm LeBron James. And you're right. It's unbelievable. Like, dude, like, he elbows people in the face, and then he complains that he gets called for it after. And then another thing is, when he gets touched, he drops like he gets shot all the time, and he's 6'9". I know. There's a lot to dislike about him. Trust me. I'm aware. Yeah, it's uh, it really is repulsive. I, I I don't like him for that, and I think showing up the rest and is just not a good look. These guys do a decent job, and these calls will balance out. Let's face it, you're gonna get calls going your way, and some are. Get him at covers.com. Paul does nothing but win, baby. Paul covers.com. Experts, bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Fourth race, late night. Hard to keep up with all these baseball games and where we're at and stuff uh, with the series is, are there more games? Yes, there are indeed. Uh, the Miami Marlins and the Chicago Cubs are uh, left uh, standing. Everybody, uh, um, they are left uh, standing. And uh, we got St. Louis and San Diego uh, tomorrow night. The Los Angeles Dodgers get it done uh, this evening, Clayton Kershaw, solid. Uh, Dodgers handle their business. And, you know, this, this playoff format, it's it's good for TV, but it's stupid. You can't have the best teams being forced to play in a three-game series to start the playoffs. Uh, but they did. It's been da- It was dangerous. Uh, but we've seen the best teams have dodged the bullets and gotten through. The Atlanta Braves handle their business. They won two games in a row. The Yankees, uh, they they won. So it looks like when it's all said and done, we could have the powerhouses uh, left uh, standing. We talked about that L.A. I love it. L.A., L.A. parlay. The L.A. Lakers to win the championship and the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, to win uh, the championship was uh, plus 472. Uh, Steve Merrill will step up and in uh, with us uh, tomorrow night. It's amazing how fast this week is uh, gone, man. The football season's flying by. Um, but COVID... We got COVID. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Donald Trump and Melania Trump uh, both uh, test positive for coronavirus, and uh, of course, the uh, the Tennessee Titans and the the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, affected by coronavirus. And they were thinking about playing a doubleheader on Monday, and then it was like, all right, maybe we're going to play on Tuesday. And uh, now they're going to wait. Now they're going to wait, and uh, hopefully there isn't a domino effect. Uh, right now in the National Football League with COVID. Like, you know, the NFL has been pretty much bulletproof and they've done a good job, but they're, they're, they're starting to slip up. You know, the Raiders all went out the other night without without masks or anything like that, and I swear to God, if these son-of-a-bitch Raiders give the Buffalo Bills coronavirus, I'm going to snap. So we do have a football game tomorrow night. Campbell University getting a ton of points against Wake. I think they can cover I like the Cubs with you, Darvish. All right, thanks to the crew in the pit. Other night, you're on your own. Later.